Good evening, good evening, everybody. Scott Stevens here on the Metadime Digital Channel with uh, another perspective, our Monday, Wednesday look at some other topics that I'm kind of curious about, and, and maybe you are too, maybe not, but either way, it could be kind of an interesting discussion. And uh, the one I want to talk today about is uh, kind of off the beaten pattern a little bit, but it's a, a challenge that we, we contend with and we deal with uh, virtually every single day. And uh, that is that of uh, rationalizing, rationalizing experiences, rationalizing, just plain up rationalizing. And so I kind of want to call this, uh, I'll bring it on up here. Just let it, let it be. The curse of coincidences and rationalizing away what you see. Think about that. Think about the things that, uh, the coincidences that we've had, <laughs> excuse me, have had in our lives. And uh, we just, we, we, we just kind of let them go. We don't attach any significance to them. And I think I find this quite often in social media when things happen in the world and they're like, whoa, look at that. That's just kind of amazing. Look at this. This happened and then this happened and, and some kind of similarity associated with it. And, and it's just thrown away as a coincidence rather than be, there being some deeper meaning behind the reason why these two, three, four, five, or greater experiences all happened in a very curious succession of events. And so the curse of coincidences and then rationalizing away what we see and that simple action can really lead to missing the bigger picture that we're all living within. So I just kind of threw together a list this afternoon of some of the many experiences that we routinely rationalize away. Sometimes it's a responsibility, a responsibility to do the right thing, and sometimes a responsibility to do to do nothing in, say, the heat of a moment, in a job situation, within a relationship, or you know, just something that we've we've come across, a responsibility. And then sometimes we rationalize away a, a victimhood or being victimized. We've all been in both of those situations at one point or another in our life. And then with that, we throw away the wisdom that we've gained from past experiences. And that, to me, is, is, is kind of the craziest thing of all, is throwing away a gift of learning something that has already happened to us. And then we kind of will throw away opportunities presented. We go through our lives and things, uh, opportunities come to us, expected or unexpected. They just present themselves. And we're like, no, nah, I don't want to do with that. Or, or you know, a person, a, a friend, or even even a stranger. Those are the tougher ones to get through. Are rationalizing. I don't know that person, so I can't I can't engage with them in some particular way. I gotta I gotta protect myself. I gotta protect myself. I can't do that. I don't have the time for that. I'm not interested. So opportunities that could be literally life changing are just brushed off. And so what happens if it is your karma or your destiny to then have an experience? in that field or in, in with that person. It, the, the universe has got to find another way to get that back into your life. Coincidences are believable and unbelievable. And some are very easy to, okay, I get that. I understand why that happened. And then the unbelievable ones are just outside the realm of our of our understanding. Uh, we rationalize away losses, whether they're accidents, uh, financial losses. Oh, I could have done that. I should have done this and blah, 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 blah. Relationships. Well, that person wasn't good for me or he was too good for me. And you, you push them away. Sometimes words come out, sentences come out, things that we didn't necessarily articulate in the best way. And so they end up being misconstrued or misunderstood. 
And then we wonder why they occurred and the responsibility and excuses given. And then there's a whole list of why I made that decision. And only in hindsight, only with the wisdom of the experience that came to me from that, can I recognize that it was a bad decision. Uh, Good fortune. Could that experience that came to me, do I rationalize it as something I did, uh, did, um, you know, good in the past and then it's karma coming back to me? Or is it just plain luck? Just luck, you know, no reason, just luck. And then there are those of design, uh, divine assistance, um, those that you would just, you were kind of back up here to do the um, unbelievable. We can even throw those into divine assistance. <clears throat> and then reasons or excuses for, for being lazy. And in Vicky's show the other day, we brought up something called the five-second rule. You're like, all right, you feel like not doing something, give yourselves five seconds, you know, take a deep breath, get up and do it, and quit rationalizing it away. And then if I come on to a, kind of a, a spiritual teaching, there's a term for that. It's called tamas, and it's called inertia. And there are three tendencies that the mind works within. One of those is to do nothing. One of those is to always take some course of action. And then the other, <clears throat> the other is kind of that space in between where you're coasting after some action that there's a bit of rest, but not quite to the point of not doing anything. And then there's the other a part of acceptance where we rationalize and we finally let go and let that experience come to us. And those who still can view themselves or have some aspect of self-worth are much more likely to allow that acceptance in. And that finally, the ability to receive love of others is probably the biggest point, the love of others or simply the love, um, love, you know, love and period. So we can begin to see and recognize the power of or for the destructiveness of rationalization. And when I was in, in at the University of Kansas, uh, rationalization was part of Western civilization culture. And I must admit that at this point in my life, I would probably enjoy those classes much, much more than, 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 than when I was you know, 18, 19, 20. I just didn't have the life experience to be able to um, place those kinds of teachings and concepts and, and so forth and, you know, into papers and, and, and understanding. I couldn't play with it mentally. So rationalism, rationalism is the doctrine that knowledge is acquired by reason without resort to experience. So purely, purely a head game. And then empiricism, the doctrine that knowledge derives from experience. And so I think what we need to come to or we eventually come to in our lives is a blending of the two. Those two can come together. And so when we rationalize things away, in some ways we make ourselves a victim. A victim is a person to whom life happens. So says Peter McWilliams. And then if we expand on the victim mentality just a bit more, because right now we've, we've become a society where we tend to glorify the victim. We build statues, monuments, and so forth to the victims. It's a very curious thing and a very long, long-standing thing to, to glorify the victim. It's almost uh, it, it's become the religion of the day is to glorify that. So uh, the UN treaties are a victim's declaration in 1985. A victim of a crime is any person, a group of persons that individually or collectively has suffered harm, including physical or mental injury, emotional suffering, economic loss, or substantial impairment of fundamental rights through acts or omissions that are a violation of criminal laws imperative with the member states, including those laws prescribing criminal abuse of power. 
So I, I, that's not terribly broad, but it's also kind of kind of specific. So in one way or another, it's almost like just being born that we become, you know, a victim of circumstance. And there are many, many power structures, governments, situations to where we can be born into where victimhood is, is certainly a guaranteed. The Dalai Lama once said, when you think everything is someone else's fault, you will suffer a lot. When you realize that everything springs only from yourself, you will learn both peace and joy. So kind of an interesting place to start and probably a, 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 a kind of a big jolt for others to kind of um, to jump on into is that then they have to take responsibility for their their own actions all right uh, i see on there ryan uh, karen uh, rationalization is rarely a benefit in any situation i think there's a, a place for rationalizing situations or for rationalizing behavior uh but I think it takes a lot of wisdom to, to then begin to put yourself in that right place to use it wisely with with an aspect of wisdom. And back to Karen once again, that's Scott's M.O., start fast and dig deep, I suppose. So, you know, we've only got 30 minutes or 21 minutes at this point of the game. And then, Robert, wow, we could really go down the rabbit hole with this slide, victimhood and how this has morphed in our recent media. And pardon me, Robin, this is where I, I, I wanted to go. And there are slides I had in the presentation that have, I, I kind of took out because that's almost a, a whole nother topic of um, of how society has morphed as to what is right and what is wrong, where it's right to be a victim and it's right to victimize rather than to to see, I guess, the bigger picture. And it, it's kind of say to, to not be a victim without making another a victim. It's really kind of a, a, a circular situation that we're we're kind of in, unless we can step back and look at the larger picture. And if you're familiar with Elizabeth Kubler-Ross and her, her you know, groundbreaking work in the field of death and near death, and from that wisdom of after-death experiences, you can step back and look at victimhood and then see that there are no mistakes, there are no coincidences, and all events are blessings given to us to learn from. And in, if with this point of view, it can really take the sting out of victimhood. And then you can step back and see how that victimhood affected a change within a civilization, within a family, within an individual's life to then have them look at experiences probably in a more compassionate, more empathetic way. And so her, her, her work is, is groundbreaking if you have not yet come across it. All right, uh, even chance meetings are, are the result of karma. Things in life are fated by our previous life. And this is even stepping back from Elizabeth's works just a little bit, a, a little bit more. So you can even see, oh, okay, maybe this is why this happened. But then that takes an absolute you know, monster of a person to accept that kind of responsibility. And that is a big, big person that can be able to do that and accept those things that have come to them as payment for something in the past or a gift also for something coming from the past. So do you think the universe fights for souls to be together, for individuals, for persons to come together? Some things are too strange and too strong to be coincidences. 
And if you were to make your life, or at least even a little bit of this, you know, a, a curiosity to look at all of the strange stories that bring people together, the circumstances that bring people together, you can begin to, to really see that, hey, hey, back, back to the first slide, there are no mistakes. And uh, you can go through um, a lot of the Internet and find these kind of very curious stories all through that, uh, you know, heralding, you know, coincidences. Oh, can you believe this? That awkward moment when you realize you're dating your deceased grandfather. You know, they, they really kind of look at it. There's a saying that you take your face with you, that you you own your face. It goes with you through time. So just kind of a curious thing. And then no wonder they would have a resonance because they would have a fate there together. Um, one way or another, through through time, they're supposed to go together. A non-person-together you know person together story in the 1920s, American novelist Anne Parrish found one of her childhood favorites, Jack Frost and other stories, while browsing a bookstore bookstores in Paris. She showed the book to her husband and told him how she had loved the book as a child. Upon opening the book, she saw an inscription in the flyleaf that read, Anne Parrish, 209 North Weber Street, Colorado Springs. It was her book. Fate had taken her. Her decisions had taken her back to find that book once again. A similar story with Anthony Hopkins. In 1973, he accepted the starring role in George Pfeiffer's book, The Girl from Petrovka, based on the book by the same name. Wanting to read the book for research, he searched many a bookstore in London but could not find a copy. Giving up and going home, he spied an abandoned book sitting on a bench, a copy of the girl from Petrova, Petroka. Two years later, during filming, George Pfeiffer admitted to Hopkins that he didn't have, even have a copy of his own book because the friend he had loaned it to at London had lost it, complete with all my annotations, he said. Hopkins then pulled out his copy and said, this one, he asked, it was the same book. So fate has a way of bringing these kind of experiences together, objects and then the subject that needs to experience the interaction with that object. In the magical universe, there are no coincidences and there are no accidents. Thing, nothing happens unless someone wills it to happen. Every day, we get up at a certain time. Sometimes it's variable, but to the minute we get up and we set into motion a complete series of, of events that are to come to us all by making a simple choice. One choice after another choice after another choice. Life is simply a series of these choices. So coincidence is God's way of remaining anonymous, said Albert Einstein. You know, you got to respect the man. Brilliant as he was, much like Nikola Tesla, he had this insight to the working of the invisible and that, to me, is the most exciting research of all, is the invisible. So coincidences, if recognized in time, are divinely given opportunities to make a choice. It is as if a spotlight is illuminating that moment, just asking you to recognize the opportunity to make a choice. Learn to ask of all actions, why are they doing that to me? But start with your own. Why are they doing that to me? And then we're back to that victimhood. And that victimhood plays up here. The dark forces will use small annoyances to deter, to have you quibble and complain. Perhaps not overtly, but within your spirit. Think of something that makes your heart sure and glad that can bring you back to equanimity. 
The dark forces are most helpless in the face of love and laughter. And on Vicky's Coffee Break show, they did something uh, for three weeks called that gratitude thing. And this is just a simple exercise to just think about just for a moment, maybe two, sometimes three, because it feels better than to dwelling on those dark forces that use small annoyances. And those small annoyances, if dwelled upon, can become big problems. Don't miss the, miss the synchronicity of what is happening right now, finding its way into your life at just this moment. There are no coincidences in the universe, only convergences of will, intent, and experience. Neil Donald Walsh, and if you're familiar with his book, uh, I believe it was Conversations with God, and there were numerous volumes along that, and uh, I studied him. Let's just say I read a lot of his books maybe 15 years ago, and I enjoyed them because I finished them. So, you know, he's, he's got some good, uh, good jewels and gems in there. All right, what do we have over here? Uh, Donnie's saying uh, that would be a very spiritual, aware, and advanced uh, individual. Yeah, exactly, to be able to, to step back and then call yourself out, to be able to separate how you're thinking from your individual thoughts, from your feeling. And your feelings, and, and that is a, a, a very aware person. And ultimately, I think that is the journey that every single one of us is on, is to be able to step back and separate your awareness from those thoughts and from those feelings that are constantly flowing. And meditation is a process by which people practice that, that stillness. But then if you can be, you know, kind of processing through those thoughts that are going in there, you can begin to separate one from the other. Uh, Robin, uh, the hair on my arm stood up. Those, some of those stories are just kind of crazy. And truly, I probably had uh, five, six, seven of them set aside, but uh, time will allow for maybe two. Vicki, yeah, cool stories. Cool stories. You know, the, the universe has got, what, seven plus billion people plus a whole lot of animals on there all to, to meet their destinies. And, and destiny was something that... Ah, uh, yeah, sure. Fate, yeah, sure. But I think as the older we get, we begin to accept that there is there is something ahead for us, that there is this gentle guiding hand. And if we can kind of um, get out of, of the rashness and, and rationalizing away those gifts that come to us, uh, they, be, they begin to um, manifest more easily in our life. Oh, my word, that book coincidences are incredible. Truly none. Uh, and one, uh, Vicky, I bet we have all had some crazy examples of this experience. Certainly we have. And that's kind of why I was uh, inspired to do this yesterday. But we're not to the part that I really wanted to get to just yet. I was just typing that quote, confidence is God's way of staying anonymous. Yeah, from Einstein. What a brilliant man. To use him or to have him on this planet would, would also be kind of crazy. Yeah, The Secret was kind of, uh, that was a big movie for me too. That was already all the way back in 2006. That's that's amazing. All right, uh Humor allows us to do that. We've got to get past the minds rationalizing so the humor allows us to begin to heal those blockages that we were not quite ready to let go. So the body heals with play, the mind heals with laughter, and the spirit heals with joy. Those three things, but it all ends up as a decision, one way or another, to play with those little thoughts or to not to. So what humor allows us to do is to find, is to find, a newfound ability to enjoy surrender. And then we see the joy in the change that that surrender has allowed us to, to experience. A newfound ability to enjoy surrender, then we see the joy in change. 
So humor allows us to relax, to open up, and be open to receive that greater truth. Usually it's something that we've rationalized away. Usually it's something that we're not quite ready to see. So it takes humor, an aspect of laughter, a little bit of joy, so that we can let in that part of us to see and recognize that part of us that we're not quite ready to recognize. I think I pop past too. If you want to make God's laugh, God laugh, tell him about your plans. Yeah, we all have expectations. Well, I think we, we may have even touched that gently today in Vicky's show. Laughter is important not only because it makes us happy, it also has actual health benefits. And that's because laughter completely engages the body and releases the mind. That's the goal, is to release the mind. And there's a lot of those exercises, whether it's contemplation, whether it's meditation, whether it's, it's a walk, whether it's playing with your pets. We need something to let go of that vice grip the mind tends to hold on our attention. Laughter connects us to others and in that itself has a healing effect. And that's from Marlo Thomas. So what laughter does is allow us to recognize and see a truth that up until then had escaped us. That's when our guard is down, is when we're happy, when we're joyful, when we're excited. And that all happens in that band, in that higher vibrational band, rather than the one where we like to stay or are comfortable to stay because that's where society wants us to stay, is, is under the weather of sorts. So how great it is, the power of truth, which of its own power can easily defend itself against all of the ingenuity and cunning and wisdom of men and against the treacherous plots of the world. So now we're going to shift this off to, to the power of truth because this is what will come into view once that blockage is let go, is that aspect of truth. For every good reason there is to lie, there is a better reason to tell the truth. And usually you don't know those reasons until after the other has left your lips. A pound of, yeah, that's why we're over here. Uh, when a spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down, that is so true. That is so true. Karen, yep, I have a similar bookstore that came to me and is at a very sad time in my life. When I opened the book, the hair on my arms raised and my heart warmed. There were many other coincidences that might have made it joyous instead of sad. I think that's that's how that invisible gets to us and supports us at those most critical times in our life. Just these little things that mean so much at those times when we're vulnerable. Uh, Robin, ha ha ha, that's truth. Uh, God, God had been a oh, good. Probably God had been laughing for the last year. He must be rolling, no doubt. And we do, Tracy. We love a good laugh. I'm kind of addicted to it, you know. And the little jokester that I am. If you want to hear God tell, laugh, tell him about your plans. That's so true. There's. I bet you have another story. Maybe we'll hear that too. All right. So for every good reason there is to lie, there's a, a better reason to tell the truth. Well, that got there quickly. So this is kind of one of the tools that we all have. We have pets little animals to just kind of bring that unconditional part of things to us, to let go, have us let go, let go, and then, and then let, you know, a little bit of joy in, a little bit of playful thing, because these guys, these guys aren't holding on. They're not, you know, yeah, they're just, they're just the best. All right, so we'll end it here. There can be no humor if there is no truth. And it's tell a joke, tell a really funny joke. There's always a little truth in there. And that's where the humor is. It's something awkward, something complicated, but the humor 
makes it funny. The truth makes it funny. And that's uh, how we can kind of get past some of those awkward things in life. The best class I ever took, says Robin, was on laughter in medicine. I still use the techniques. And bedside manner is probably so important in, in those kind of professions where you're going to have to do that. Uh, pets, so says Vicky, open our hearts. They do. And they're such a gift. They're such a gift in the best way. In the moment, the lessons that they can teach us, they really do. And man, I'm going to have that song in my head for the rest of the night. Well, there are worse things to go through. All right, guys, that's kind of what I what I had going for you. It, you know, this 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 little episode could have taken so many different directions, uh, and and victimhood is really kind of where I was going. But on the bigger picture, it's how do we how do we heal that? And it's difficult in this day and age when you can lose your job for telling the truth, when you can be shadow banned, when so many tools are out there to perpetuate this mentality of victimhood when it is held higher than any other, higher than telling the truth. And that is a very precarious place for society to reside for too much longer. Something has got to give. So we're allowed to speak the truth. We're allowed to speak our own truth. When that can get you unemployed, you know, just deplatformed, it really becomes a precarious place uh, for society to to move forward. It's um, there's some some kind of challenging times that I believe we're going to have to get through uh, at some point or another. Donnie saying uh, bedside manner is important at all jobs. So so very true. And then uh, uh, Karen, love the show, Scott. Appreciate your perspective. Thank you, thank you. And that is a spectacular truth. Yeah, try to notice any joke. Any joke, there's always, there's always that little sliver of truth and how it's folded in there that just makes us laugh and then let go and see another side of the story. All right. Thanks so much for stopping by, everybody. Uh, take care. I'll see you tomorrow with another shot at uh, Scott's weather and uh, we'll see what happens in the world. See if there's any other earthquakes or uh, some resolution to some of the challenges that people are seeing over in, in Asia. All right. Take care, everybody. Have a great evening and uh, hey, keep looking up.